You know when the clock strikes 12, that Midnight Mania Sports hosted by Austin Takuda and George Hathaway starts right now. Hello and welcome to another edition of Midnight Mania Sports. I'm George Hathaway alongside here with Austin Takuda for Season 2, Episode 20. And a good week in the sports world, Austin. We had NFL. They kind of wrapped up Week 12 with the Steelers and Ravens. And that was an interesting game. So let's kind of start off with that. Yeah, interesting to say the least. Um, <laughs> it wasn't a great football game. And I didn't expect it to be. RG3 was getting his first start in uh, five plus years um, with the Baltimore Ravens. And he struggled. He also hurt his, I believe his hamstring or his groin at mm -hmm. some point and was replaced by the legend of <laughs> social media, Trace McSorley, who did throw a touchdown to Hollywood Brown. Um, otherwise didn't really perform that well. But that was a game that the Steelers really should have ran away with. They had two drop touchdowns uh, by their receivers. And Mike Tomlin actually said the receivers suck after the game. Uh, when they asked him about what happened, they asked him, how can your team, you know, perform better? What can you do to, you know, not allow drops? And he said, well, we can stop sucking. So that kind of sums up the game for you. Um, it was just an interesting one overall, but the Steelers were able to stay undefeated in the end. Yeah. And this kind of raises many questions though, is, this team, even with the Ravens having so many players on the COVID-19 list and not being able to play, and especially former MVP Lamar Jackson not being there, you'd think they would, like you said, run away with it and you know score a lot of points and blow out this Ravens team, but they didn't. And you know they're they're playing this week as well, and the Ravens are and against the Cowboys and the Steelers are up against the Washington Football Team, so. Like another interesting week for both teams because they're both playing some relatively poor teams in the NFC East. So that'll be kind of interesting to watch. But still, I think the Steelers should have at least had put up some more points than 19. And they only won by five, which was really surprising. Yeah, defensively, they weren't bad. Um, besides the touchdown to Hollywood, they didn't really allow many uh, big plays in that game. But offensively was where the issue is. I mean, if you're playing a team missing a lot of their starters on both sides of the football, you have to be able to score points. And Mike Tomlin did say, you know, we, we played the JV team and we played horrible mm -hmm. and they did. They didn't, they, they had a tough time stopping um, Justice Hill and Gus Edwards at times in the game, but they figured it out late. Um, and there was just, you know, a coaching decision by Harbaugh um, earlier in that game at the end of the first half where they could have had a field goal or if they catch that touchdown, this is a completely different game. We're talking possibly, about a Ravens win. Um, so it was actually a close game, and it makes you question if the Steelers are that legitimate now. They did lose Bud Dupree to a season-ending ACL injury, one of their best linebackers. Mm -hmm. So it'll be interesting to see how they replace him. And what really stood out to me in that game was how good TJ Watt is because, you know, you don't hear much, much about defensive players, but he played really well covering the running backs as well and really stepping in. Yeah, and Austin, do you think that the Steelers are going to remain undefeated? this season i mean they have a relatively like easy schedule i would say for them to kind of keep this undefeated streak alive but do you think they will no i don't think so i think there's always a game in every season and this could have been it where a team that's heavily favorited is going to lose and the steelers are bound to mess up at some point we saw it with the patriots in the past they lose games to teams they're not supposed to and if it was that easy to go undefeated uh, as the steelers have stayed undefeated so far more teams would do it because they haven't had a tough time in a lot of their games um they haven't had a hard schedule either and the schedule is not going to get much more difficult for them but 
I think it's such a grueling season. Without Bud Dupree, that's a big loss to that defense. And until they get James Conner back, which he may be back in time for the next game on Monday, uh, they're going to they're struggle a little bit longer. So we'll see if those receivers can sure up the catches. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't think they'll go undefeated. I don't think they'll have more than two losses, though, either. So they should have the one seed unless Kansas City uh, can win out and the Steelers will lose two or three. So it'll be interesting to see this unfold and we'll kind of go into the Steelers next uh, for next week's game when we kind of dive into week 13 of the NFL. I mean, other than that, not much news around the NFL. And I guess, Austin, we can kind of go over our predictions for week 13 and, you know, look at some of these key games. For me, I like this Browns-Titans game. This is a good game between two decent teams who are both eight and three. And I'm going to have to say, I might pick the Cleveland Browns on that one. Wow. That, that could be considered a bold prediction by some, because not many people like to bet uh, for Baker Mayfield. The Titans mm. are five and a half point favorites in this game. And what's going to be interesting is the Browns do have a top 10 run defense in the NFL. They're very good against the run, but the Titans, as we know, um, are very good at running the football. So you have the Browns' strong run defense versus the Titans' uh, deadly run offense, and we'll see which one of those prevails. Baker Mayfield is not that good still. He's hasn't He had a better week last week against the mm-hmm. Jaguars, but at the same time, Mike Glennon almost came back and beat the Browns. So I got to go the Titans in this game. I do. I think they're playing a lot better football lately, and Derrick Henry's now hit that part of the season where he's in the second half of the year. We saw it last week with three touchdowns. This guy is a beast in the second half of the season. And I expect another big performance from him on Sunday. I mean, it'll be an interesting game. And considering both teams are evenly matched up, I think on both sides of the football, like you said, Austin, with the Browns having a top 10 run defense and the Titans having one of the best running offenses in the NFL. So I think that's like a really evenly matched game considering it's a five and a half point game for the Titans favorite to win that and this could really determine a you know the entire AFC playoff picture and you know the Browns being in the AFC North they're they're probably not going to win the division because they still have the Ravens and Steelers who are undefeated in there and then same for the Titans in the AFC South uh the Colts are looking good and they're you know right there behind them so you know, for the division winners, it's going to be difficult for these teams to really kind of find that leeway and kind of make a push for the wild card at least. Yeah, big game for both these teams. As you mentioned, the Browns really, if they want to have a higher seed in the conference, they need to really um, play strong the rest of the year. They can't afford many more losses already at eight and three with the Steelers and Chiefs ahead of them. The division's probably not going to happen for them this year Mm -hmm. with them being eight and three in Pittsburgh still being undefeated, as you said. They are ahead of the Ravens at this point and could secure the second spot in that division, which would be big for them. As far as AFC South, the Colts are starting to falter out a little bit. Uh, The Titans playing good against them last week and getting that win. So the Titans can build up a couple more wins. They should be able to lock up the division. This AFC playoff picture is huge in the NFL right now because there are so many different possibilities and outcomes and so many teams that are in the hunt for a potential wild card spot. And what's good about this NFL season is there's a second wild card spot. So, you know, there's another team that is going to have that chance of making it further in the playoffs. And 
you know, the Patriots are in the hunt right now at five and six, the Browns are in there and a few other teams, the Raiders, I believe as well. So, I mean, so many different teams and so many different possibilities for this to happen. And I think an important game is the Bengals Dolphins. If you're the Patriots, if you're a Patriots fan, because, you know, the Dolphins right now, the division is pretty much, you know, not even theirs, but it's, it's the Bills division still that the Dolphins are right there behind the Bills in the AFC East. And if the Bengals kind of pull this through, which I doubt will happen, this will kind of make the AFC East picture a little bit shaky. And the Patriots, although the math isn't on their side, could still win the division if the Bills really falter out the mm-hmm. last couple of weeks, which is possible. They don't have John Brown for the next couple of weeks. And without John Brown, Josh Allen is a much um, much worse of a quarterback, actually. He's struggled a lot without John Brown on the field. He's not he's their deep threat on this team. Cole Beasley's good in the slot over in the middle. Gabriel Davis is trying to fill that role, but the youngster is still struggling to find his way. And obviously, Stephon digs on the outside at his safety valve. So, Allen is going to miss John Brown, which is going to hurt the Bills long term. And as far as the Dolphins, Fitzpatrick is a good quarterback, but if he was great, he wouldn't have bounced around to 12 different teams. So, at some point, he's going to falter out, and the Dolphins are going to lose a couple games here. So, I would honestly expect, not expect, but I can see it happening where the Patriots slide ahead of the Dolphins at some point. I don't know about the Bills because it would take a lot for them to slide ahead of the Bills. They'd have to, Bills would really have to lose a few games. Um, but I could see them moving ahead of the Dolphins, especially with Fitzpatrick in and it being later in the season where he typically kind of fizzles away. And what's important is the Patriots play both of these teams again. And even though there is no home field advantage, their both games are going to be in New England. And I think that is kind of important to note that as well. Uh, and this is kind of Patriots football weather, cooler weather, and that's what they're accustomed to. So having Miami come up here is definitely going to be a different atmosphere for them. And we saw what the Patriots did week one against the Dolphins. So hopefully this is a whole new team from then. But still, I think they could possibly turn that around and have a good outcome against the Dolphins. But right now, I don't think it's looking too good, especially if the Dolphins are playing the Bengals on Sunday. Yeah, we'll have to see how the Dolphins play, but the Patriots can't really worry at this point about if other teams are winning and losing. They can't afford another loss on their own, Mm -hmm. so it's important for them to just keep winning what games are in front of them. I think an important game, another like interesting one to watch is going to be the Rams-Cardinals. I'm kind of interested about that one. Uh, Two good teams in the NFC and both division teams, too, in the NFC West. Cardinals six and five Rams are seven and four. So, I mean, we saw what the Rams did against the Tampa Bay Bucks uh, a few weeks ago, uh, last week and a few weeks ago. And it was just, you know, a different Rams team. I, I'm not sold um, with the Rams though this year. I didn't, I'm not a big fan of them. I thought, you know, they had that one good season, but I, Aaron Donald in the defense though, is insane for the uh, LA Rams. And that's going to be a struggle for Kyler Murray. He said his shoulder is fine. Uh, He was practicing this week. So I think that'll be something to note, to watch out for with Kyler Murray and his arm to see how it will affect him on the field because the Patriots did a great job last week stopping the run with Kyler Murray. And I think the Rams kind of would watch that film and see what the Patriots did and use that to their own advantage to stop the Cardinals. 
Yeah, I think you said it well. The issue in this game is Kyler Murray and his injured shoulder. He was clearly limited last week in the game against the Patriots, as you mentioned. And he's also more hesitant to run, to run the football, trying to avoid being tackled or hit due to that shoulder injury. So that should definitely limit their offense again. Kenyon Drake looked good last week against New England. But the biggest issue here is going to be if Kyler can actually make the throws, because that's what they rely on is him to make some big throws in the game. I have to pick the Rams in this game because I'm not convinced Kyler Murray is healthy enough to quarterback his team to another win. I'm going to have to agree with you there. And we're going to see a matchup of Jalen Ramsey and uh, DeAndre Hopkins, which will be a fun matchup to watch. And unfortunately for Kyler Murray and the Cardinals, that's their pretty much their big option there. Larry Fitzgerald is on the uh, COVID-19 list. So that will be kind of something to watch out for to see how much they're going to utilize their receivers as much if they really do, if they're or if they're just going to stick with the run game. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, D hop on Ramsey is going to be a fun one. Uh, obviously Gilmore plays uh, Hopkins mm-hmm. really well and Ramsey and Hopkins used to play against each other in that division when Ramsey was on the Jaguars and Hopkins was on the, uh, the Texans. So it should be an interesting matchup. Ramsey now more mature, more of a complete cornerback than when they used to match up in the AFC South. So it should be a good game. Um, and Kyler's going to have to rely on guys like Andy Isabella, Christian Kirk, to help him uh, supplement the loss of Fitzgerald to the COVID list and to see if DeAndre Hopkins can get some free space against Jalen Ramsey. So it should be an interesting game. But like I said, I think the Rams defense is very good and Kyler is going to have to be great to beat them with that shoulder. I don't know if he can be. And it's going to be fun to watch this Rams team play because the Patriots are going to have them in the next few weeks. Um, and when they played each other and, you know, going to the next game, speaking of the New England Patriots and an LA team, the Patriots are going to be in LA against the chargers who are three and eight. Austin, your very own Justin Herbert against the new England Patriots and the Patriots since 2013 are 10 and 0 against a rookie quarterback in 25 and five all time in the bill Belichick era. So this will, that's kind of like something fun fact for you. And I, I think Justin Herbert's a good quarterback. I think that's the only problem here is that it's not some of the other quarterbacks the Patriots have beat. This is, uh, you know, a really talented quarterback who's young, has a good future. And I think the last time the Patriots lost to a rookie QB, I think it was Russell Wilson. So that's going to be something fun to keep an eye on, but the Patriots defense really needs to step up here if they want to get a win. And so does the offense. I think that's the biggest takeaway here is the Patriots offense. If they're going to have a bounce back uh, from last week's game, because Cam played horribly right. on Sunday against the Cardinals. So this is what he needs to kind of bounce back. If I hadn't watched the entire NFL season and saw Justin Herbert's stats and his individual game stats, I would think the Chargers are a playoff team. Mm-hmm. But knowing how the Chargers just can't win a game and knowing how well Bill Belichick coaches against rookie quarterbacks, I still have to pick the Patriots in this game. Um, I know Justin Herbert is more talented than a lot of the rookie QBs who have come through here the last few years. Obviously, he's ahead of where Sam Donald was as a rookie. He's ahead of where Sam Donald is now. He was better than Josh Allen when Josh Allen was a rookie. Um, and he's even having a better rookie season than a lot of the high draft picks like Andrew Luck, who even the Patriots schemed against and played well mm-hmm. against. So. I, I can't pick against Bill Belichick, um, number one, because he, he schemes up against rookie quarterbacks right. and they have a tough time. But like I said, number two, 
the Chargers just can't win games. Whatever reason is, they just managed to blow the game mm-hmm. and not be able to come away with the win. And so if this was a Chargers team that was heading towards the playoffs and, you know, sitting at seven and five or even um, at 500 or whatever, or six and six, I would probably pick the Chargers in this game. But just knowing what we know and how they continue to blow games, I have to pick the Patriots. And I think the last time the Patriots played the Chargers was that divisional round a few years ago with Phillip Rivers. And they were a very good Chargers team back then. And this is a new team, kind of starting fresh, uh, I'd say. And, you know, and if you look at the Chargers record and, you know, how much the media talks about them and how many highlights we see from Justin Herbert, you would not think that they're three and eight. I mean, this Chargers team has you know, bad as their record says, I they can put up a run for their money against the Patriots, I think, if considering we saw what we've seen the last few weeks with the Patriots and how bad the offense has been. It hasn't been, you know, like that typical Cam Newton we've seen a few weeks throughout the uh, season, but I still believe, Austin, I, I'm going to agree with you there that the Patriots are going to pull out a victory. Yeah, I think Cam's going to have to be a lot better to get the win because Herbert and his offense will find a way to score at least 20 points in this game with Austin Eckler back as well. They're running back. They should be able to put up between 20 and 27 points in this game. But So Cam's going to have to not turn the ball over and going to have to move the football. You can't throw for 80 yards with two picks and win many games. Um, the defense should play solid for the Patriots. But like we said, I mean, you have, at some point, you have to be able to be a serviceable quarterback to get some wins. Yeah, and... I think a few other games this week are pretty straightforward. I mean, Eagles-Packers, that's a no-brainer. Going to have to go with the Packers on that one. I mean, Carson Wentz is absolutely terrible. And that's just that's, that should be an easy win for Aaron Rodgers. Um, I don't know if you have too much to say on that game, Austin. I will never, ever pick... Uh, Carson Wentz to win a football game after <laughs> watching the last two or three weeks. I mean, he is just terrible. I, I'm tired of hearing that he's got nothing around him or that it's whatever. And yes, the play calling is pretty terrible. But after I continue to watch this guy just miss open throw after open throw and just lollipop these interceptions, it's mm-hmm. pretty incredible that Jalen Hurts hasn't got, taken over that starting job. I'm not, I'll pick the Packers. I'll pick the Packers by three touchdowns. I don't care whatever it is. I mean, if they, the only way the Eagles have a shot in this game is if they can run the ball with Miles Sanders 25 times and he doesn't fumble. The problem is that Sanders fumbles a lot and they only run the ball 10 times a game with him. So unless they're going to go run heavy in this game against the Packers, you can't let Carson Wentz throw the ball 35 times. It doesn't work. He's not ready and there's or not ready. He's not good. I mean, and Jalen Rager's not ready yet. It's just not a good combo in Philly and, I don't know what the long-term solution is, but at least for this week, I get to watch Aaron Rodgers just fire around the football. So, Yeah, and the Sunday night game, pretty much another no-brainer here. Broncos-Chiefs. The Broncos are going to have all their QBs back, and this is going to be another good game for Kansas City. Patch Mahomes, Tyree Kill. Not expecting them to have you know 200 yards in the first quarter again, but I still think this is just going to be an easy blowout win for the Chiefs. I think the Broncos defense will play well, but I think the problem is is they're going to get worn down uh, Mm -hmm. pretty quickly. Kind of similar to how Derrick Henry wears down defenses in Tennessee. I think Mahomes and that offense will just wear you down over the 
um, stretch of the game. So I think the Chiefs will win this one too, probably by two touchdowns. Um, but you got to give some credit to the Broncos for going out last week and competing, even though they didn't have a quarterback. So there's probably a chip on their shoulder to come back this week and really show everybody that they're um, still hungry and still fighting rather than just kind of rolling over and letting the season end. Yeah, no, there's a lot of respect there for the Denver Broncos who, you know, made a um, a tough decision to start a quarterback who hasn't played since college and hasn't really had a lot of experience in the NFL or even with the organization. So it was a risk. They tried it. It didn't work. But, you know, they learned from their mistakes and are moving on back with Drew Locke again at the helm for QB on Sunday night. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a huge Drew Locke fan, but I think he's obviously better than the practice squad wide receiver. So it shouldn't, at least we'll see some touchdowns on Sunday night rather than just a field goal by the Broncos. Hopefully we will. And then Monday night, the Washington football team and the Pittsburgh Steelers. I know we talked about how the Steelers have didn't play too well on uh, Wednesday afternoon. So I, I still, you know, the, Steelers are going to win this game. I, the Washington football team isn't, you know, the best, even though they are somehow, you know, up there in the NFC East. So I think that they'll put up a good run. I think it'll be a, an interesting game to see how this kind of plays out. But Big Ben and the Steelers are going to continue and go to 12-0, and 0, I believe, after Monday, Monday, I guess, mid after, late afternoon at 5 o'clock. 5 p.m.? Yeah. Oh, well, I'm actually going to take the Washington football team in this game and have them end the Steelers' undefeated start to their season. Uh, I think this, they had a great game against the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. They have 10 or 9 days to rest coming into this game. Uh, they'll be healthy and well-rested. The Steelers have 4 days to rest coming off a game where they got beat up a little bit and now have to thrust somebody into a starting linebacker position. Uh, so I think the Washington football game is going to squeak out this win against Pittsburgh and then the undefeated shock uh, start shocked the world a little bit and that'll be my bold take for the week as well is that the Washington okay. football team ends the Steelers undefeated season okay so we got the football team against beaten okay okay I, I think team. that's a that's <laughs> a team with no name beating the undefeated team that'll be that's that's a, that's a good bold take and I think I'm gonna. I'm just gonna jump to Tuesday because why not have a Tuesday night game? Because it's 2020 and everything is crazy. Cowboys Ravens, my boys. I think they're gonna get the win. You really think the Cowboys, after getting blown out on Thanksgiving by the Washington football team, are gonna come back and beat the Ravens, who will have Lamar Jackson? I mean, I think they'll have you know, Lamar Jackson, right? They should, I think. They right? they, they have not uh, – John Harbaugh has not said if Lamar Jackson will be playing. Yeah. Ooh. Well, Zeke's going to have to come from more than 30 yards. Zeke, Zeke will probably have more passing yards that game. We'll have to see about that one. Uh, I, I do believe, though, the Ravens, they are banged up, um, you know, with COVID-19 and everything throughout the team that I think that the Cowboys could probably pull off – this win i'm gonna have them I, I that's not gonna be my bold take but i'm just gonna say that they're gonna win that game um it'll be a close game it will 
If the Ravens have Lamar, I gotta go to the Ravens with this one. But if they don't have Lamar, I actually could see the Cowboys winning this one. Um, I don't want to see Trace McSorley playing on a snap. I'm tired <laughs> of hearing about him. Um, but yeah, RG three actually ran the ball well. He didn't throw the ball necessarily. I thought he played really good. Spectacular, but he was it was better than what we've seen from a lot of quarterbacks around the league. Uh, I, I thought RG three played good. I, it was just that hamstring injury, and I was like, oh no, this is. This is when you know it was the downfall of the Ravens for that game was when I thought when I saw RG3 kind of limp off. And I mean for the Cowboys, Zeke has to have a good game. And we stress this every single week. And for the sake of Austin's fantasy football team and for the sake of my Cowboys winning, that Ezekiel Elliott needs to have a good game. I mean, he's only had like maybe one or two hundred yard games, and everything else was just um, pretty much terrible all around by. Ezekiel Elliott so he needs to step up here and this Ravens team isn't the same team we've seen throughout the season especially earlier in the season so I mean this they have to take advantage of that the Cowboys do so I think they're going to get the win it should be a good game we'll see how Dalton bounces back we'll see if McCarthy uh can come up with a game plan finally that works so I don't know George that'll that'll be be interesting to watch if I was you (laughs) Well, it's on Tuesday night, and, you know, well, I don't know. I'll have to see. Hopefully, got nothing going on that night to watch the game or anything. <laughs> but, Hopefully, I mean. <laughs> I mean, so, Austin, you said your bold take, which is the Redskins getting the big dub against, or I'm sorry, the, the, the Washington football team. The Washington team. football team. I got. I got it. Okay, the Washington football team getting a big dub over the Steelers. I'm gonna have to say I did say the Browns are gonna get a win over the Titans, but I'm gonna say that Baker Mayfield will have three touchdowns and a win. Baker Mayfield's gonna have three touchdowns and a win, huh? Yes. All right. I'll believe it when I see it. I mean, you said you. I know you said something earlier in the year about Baker Mayfield. It did. I was just like two weeks off. He did have five touchdowns two weeks later. Uh, well, that I don't know. Our bold takes this year are very all over the place. I mean, they are. We, we, we have some that hit. Well, I had one or two that hit, and then and the then rest the rest are just uh, swinging a miss. I mean, I guess that's a bold bold take. Yeah, I know. And speaking down on strikes, I guess Austin. I don't know if you have anything else to say about the NFL for this for this week 13? No, um, I don't believe so. I mean, I think you pretty much covered it all. I don't know of any other big news that's popped up since earlier this week. And Austin, you talked about all our bull takes pretty much. We're striking out most of them. So let's just hop right into MLB. How, I know there's been a few. I've seen a few things here and there about some off-season moves from some some from some teams, and you know, let's break it down here. Well, there's not much to break down. There has been interest in uh, some teams, but you haven't really seen much more than interest. I guess the two trades that have happened is the Angels traded for shortstop Jose Iglesias, who was with the Orioles last season. Iglesias hit 373 with three homers. Uh, of course, Iglesias was one of the top Red Sox prospects at one time, came up here, hit hit okay, played shortstop, was a great defender, 
uh, but never really found consistency at the plate and didn't have much value. So he's bounced around now, and we'll go over to the Angels for some uh, cash, I believe, and possibly a player to be named later. Uh, the Dodgers also acquired Corey Knable, who's a relief pitcher from the Brewers. Knable had Tommy John surgery uh, back in 2018, so he missed 2019. And then 2020, he came back and had a rough stretch. But it usually takes a decent chunk of time for players to come back from that surgery. And then two guys were non-tended, which means they'll become free agents. Kyle Schwarber with the Cubs, Eddie Rosario with the Twins, and the Red Sox reportedly have interest in Rosario. So that sums it up as your little news weekly headline thing for the MLB. Not much going on. So and when Jose Iglesias being traded for cash is a headline, you know it's slow. Yeah. I mean, that's haven't heard of Iglesias in a while and in fact it was some cash too so um I mean the MLB it's slow it's slow this year and they still but they do have some time though that's the thing you know looking at the NBA for their offseason they have like several weeks you know what I mean they Mm -hmm. have up until December 21st to announce anything for free agency but I mean training camps already started and most of these teams have their rosters filled so that's why we're hearing more NBA rather than MLB right now, I believe. So I, I just think that we'll give it a little bit and we'll start talking about Major League Be- Baseball uh, offseason news in a few weeks. Yeah. You have the winter meetings um, typically mm-hmm. that all the GMs travel to and um, that's where trades get done. That's where some of the uh, signings get done. But this year, I don't believe they're doing the winter meetings due to COVID. I think they usually take place in November, so we've already would have passed those. Um, but we'll have at some point. I mean, you got to have some moves happen. It has to be in beginning of January, beginning of February at the latest. You'll see J.T. Romuto signed somewhere. George Springer will be signed somewhere, um, and we'll have to see. Those guys are probably the two top ones on the market with D.J. LeMahieu. A very, very lonely and not really exciting free agent class this year. Next year is a very good one with Francisco Lindor, amongst others, coming up available. Um, so it should be fun next season. There'll be plenty to talk about. But for right now, it's uh, who's going to sign J.T. Real Muto, and it seems that the Phillies will not. So that's, that's pretty much all in, in terms of the, the Phillies so far. They just tell everybody how broke they are. I mean, same for my Pittsburgh Pirates on the other side of <laughs> Pennsylvania. Nothing much happening for both of our teams, and this is – I mean, both of our teams are kind of in like that rebuilding stage. I believe the Pirates are more into that than the Phillies are. Uh, the Phillies have more of a shot than Pittsburgh this year. And ever since Andrew McCutcheon left, went to New York, or went to, where, where do he go? Uh, San Francisco, New York, a few other places. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, he's been around the block a few times in around the uh, league. So, I think... That's when I knew that the Patriot or the that the Pirates are going to be a rebuilding team. Yeah, the Pirates never spend money. Unfortunately, I think uh, their owner <laughs> must have seen the movie Moneyball with Billy Bean and the Oakland A's and decided, you know what, I can win <laughs> without having to spend money. And that hasn't really been the case. They did have that playoff run, but since then, like you said, McCutcheon was their MVP guy. He's in Philly now. It actually isn't terrible, but he's not an MVP anymore. So they really didn't capitalize on the generational talent, unfortunately. Yeah, and I think uh, this is a good time to go over because the NBA first half schedule just came out. So some interesting games. I think this season is going to be fun. 
going over into the NBA. I mean, the Celtics, their season is going to be fun to watch. Their first game on the 23rd in Milwaukee, their first game. And then Brooklyn right, right then on Christmas Day. I mean, that's a pretty hectic week. First two games against top teams in the NBA. Well, for the for the Celtics, I mean, you're going to get to see the Bucks early on, which is mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting. I don't think the Bucks are going to be that good this year. Obviously, they'll make the playoffs with Giannis at the helm. But you're going to be tested very early on for the Celtics. You're not going to have Kemba for these games. You're going to see if Jeff Teague is still able to play at a decently high level, um, which I don't know. I'm not really sold on Jeff Teague yet. I'm going to need to see him play. Um, and on Christmas Day, the Nets come to town, and obviously Kyrie Irving is going to be there with That's them. I don't so know. Has he fun. played yet since he's left here? Has he played in Boston yet? I know they've come, and I don't remember if he's actually played or not. No, I remember this. He – I don't Okay. As a is most Celtics fans like to say, he purposely did not travel with the team because he was in quotes hurt, and he just didn't want to return back to Boston. Um, I we all know that's why. I don't think he played the both times that he faced against the Celtics. I'm trying to remember if he if he did show up here. Uh, either he he certainly did not, and so. yeah, he he did not, and I think that is what's going to make it fun because. The, fan, the stadium can be filled at 25% capacity for like NBA teams, uh, you know, per state guidelines, of course. So I don't know what it's up there in Massachusetts. So I know that it'll be kind of I don't of think fun, we'll have anyone at the Celtics games. Which is unfortunate. I don't think we'll have anyone fun. because well, the Celtics games are a blast, but the problem is they're not even allowing people into a giant Gillette stadium out, outdoors. I can't see them allowing anybody into the packed uh, German-fested TD Garden. Um, not German festive, but everything just cool. Yes. I mean, that building is yeah. just—it's condensed. It's inside. It's tightly packed. Um, so Kyrie will probably come play on Christmas Day because no fans there to tell him how they feel. So yeah. Oh, oh my goodness, that was one thing I was so looking forward to. I mean, I'll probably—I do have my Celtics Kyrie jersey that I have. Might wear it. No Christmas bad Day. idea. He—you gotta throw that away or burn it. I think it was a nice. It was on sale for like twenty bucks. I, you know, got it from the NBA store. I had stole to. your twenty bucks from me, didn't I? <laughs> no, uh, I thought I like Kyrie. <laughs> it's just, you know, no, he was a treat in Boston, an absolute treat. He was so much fun. I bet he was a fun teammate. Oh yeah, Gordon Haywood, I'm sure loved him. I bet Jason Tatum did. I bet he learned so much. Well, speaking of good teammates, Russell Westbrook's on the movies. He'll be in yes, a few times a, this year. Yes, that's a huge breaking news that kind of happened you know, since the last time we spoke, Austin, on Tuesday, is that Russell Westbrook is going to the Washington Wizards uh, in trade, and the Rockets will be getting um, John Wall and a first-round 2023 pick, which is huge. I mean, I thought this was a fair trade. I thought it was a pretty even trade in my opinion. Yeah. Like this, it was a good trade. Both are great point guards in the NBA. When healthy, they're both top five in the NBA. It's, it's no question about that. When they're playing at their highest level without injuries and everything like that, they are a top of the league and they're the best of the best. And it will be fun. I think it'll be interesting to watch playing Russell Westbrook more often now 
than the Celtics used to when he was down in Houston. Yeah, um, like you said, I think this trade works for both teams in the sense that Harden doesn't like Westbrook. Uh, apparently, he wants he'd rather play with John Wall. If John Wall is healthy, he helps your team win more than Westbrook does in the case of pairing with James Harden. Mm-hmm. Westbrook and Harden, we knew it wasn't going to work. It didn't. It just they both need the ball in their hands. Wall can play better with Harden, I think, but Westbrook on that Wizards team is good if you want to look for instant wins, not long-term success. I don't even think it'll translate to playoff wins either. Um, but his, he'll pad stats, he'll sell tickets, um, but he takes away shots from the young guys on that team. Rui Hachimori is going gonna, is gonna to suffer from that. He's a guy who I thought was going to take a nice leap this season. And their rookie, Denny Advila, the guy who they took with the ninth pick, I thought was going to have a nice season. So you're taking away shots from young guys to bring in a um, – well, a ball hog, really. Um, he's not that he's – he's obviously a great player, former MVP, but he doesn't necessarily always translate into your team making a playoff run. He, he's a great guy for stats, but we'll have to see if he can sacrifice some shots and become more of a playmaker. He already is a playmaker, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Even, yeah. even then, he still takes 30 shots a game. So maybe he can translate some of those shots into becoming the best passer in the league as well as um, already being a terrific scorer and rebounder. And even going on the flip side here with Houston and John Wall, James Harden, I think that'll be kind of a fun duo. Add DeMarcus Cousins in there, fun trio. Wall and Cousins played in Kentucky together in 2009, 2010, went to the Elite Eight together. So, I mean, I think those two definitely have that chemistry there. It'll be fun to watch the three of them play. I mean, when all healthy, there that will be a stacked, you know, three like star team, and it, I think it just comes down to Demarcus Cousins out of all of them to see how well they will perform because Cousins has a long history of injuries and not being able to play a full season on uh, the last few years. And John Wall, yes, he's gotten hurt, but I still think he can play at that high level. He didn't play a lot of games in he didn't play any in last season, but in 2018 he did but still put up 19 points per game, which is relatively higher than most would and for only playing a portion of the season. Yeah, the biggest thing with Houston is going to be their health because if, if either Wall or Cousins goes down, they're very thin. Uh, they do have Christian Wood, but they don't really have a lot behind um, Wall, even Harden. So they're going to have to hope that this team stays healthy if they want to make the playoffs because otherwise it could be a disastrous season. And I, I think... You know, th- this is going to be an interesting, fun NBA season. There's a lot of good games to watch. And I think I'm really looking forward to is a few of the, like the Nets-Warriors games. Um, anyone really with playing against the Lakers. And I don't know, Austin, if we talked about this on Tuesday, but LiAngelo Ball, uh, the middle brother out of all three Ball brothers, is now in the NBA with a one-year non-guaranteed contract with the Detroit Pistons. And I think this is going to be a fun league to watch with all Ball brothers in there. And, I mean, you know, you have the Anikitompu brothers in there and the Holiday brothers. Uh, that's probably, like, some notable ones. Now you got the Ball brothers. So I think it'll be kind of fun to watch, you know, the brothers be able to play and, this must be a proud dad moment for LeVar Ball, who, you know, has been stressing this since we've met LeVar nationally in when um, LaMelo was in high school. 
Yeah, well, it's a good job of LeVar by getting all three of his kids on teams. I don't know if LeAngelo will contribute much or even play. Um, obviously, Lonzo is a guy who's going to get 30 minutes a game. LaMelo probably same thing right off the bat, mm-hmm. so we'll have to see. This is the year to tell, I think, with Lonzo if he's going to end up sticking around for a while and being a solid player. Otherwise, if he doesn't really show signs of being more than a role player, he's going to end up falling into that Ricky Rubio kind of role where you mm. bounce around teams as a starting point guard, making you know 10 to $15 million a year, not being a star. So this is the year for Lonzo. LaMelo is going to have some big numbers I think, this year uh, on that Hornets team where he has Hayward with him and Bridges with him and two other point guards, and that's really it. So it's going to be an interesting year for Right, one of those two point guards, Rozier and Graham. Um, so it's kind of a stacked backcourt. Neither of those guys can play the two, um, really. I mean, Graham is kind of small, and Rozier is not enough of a shooter to play the two. Uh, so it should be an interesting year for the Hornets, but uh, going to be a lot of uh, LeVar Ball, I think, in the future. Yeah, and I don't know how much we really want that because I, uh, the Hornets and LaMelo are going to be facing the Pelicans and Lonzo uh, January 8th in New Orleans. So I think that's going to be a fun matchup to really watch to see the brothers go at it. If they're guarding each other, that'll be even more fun to watch, which I don't think they will. I, I think probably Bledsoe would be on uh, LaMelo, if anyone. And because I, I see more Alonzo as that shooting guard position, if anything. And that's probably what they're going to be doing with the Pelicans this year is a Bledsoe-Alonzo uh, two-guard lineup and a little bit of small ball basketball, I think. Yeah, that's the thing is the Pelicans are going to have to find out if Lonzo can play with uh, Lewis, if he can kind of mix and match with the way they're going to play basketball. It'll be interesting to see um, how, how they manage that, how Van Gundy kind of develops that team as well. Yeah, and I know, Austin, we talked about some like predictions for the NBA season, but as it's fastly approaching and only 18 days away from the start. I mean, I saw your tweet. You said Luka Doncic for MVP this year. You know, what What kind of made you say that? I mean, I agree with you. I'm not disagreeing. I think Luka is going to have an amazing year. Definitely an MVP, I believe. So I, I like that prediction. Yeah, just looking at where Luka is now and where I think he can kind of reach. Um, I think he's a guy who... Um, had an incredible season last year, obviously, and does everything so well in this league. He can shoot from 30 feet out. He can drive and get buckets. He can pass, rebound. But the most important thing is those stats translate to wins for that team. It's a little bit different than the whole situation with Westbrook, as we talked about, because his stats don't always transition into wins. But the big thing there is that when Luca plays well and he puts up a triple-double, he's getting his team wins, which is huge. So we'll have to see. Uh, as long as Luca can stay healthy, I know he had an ankle injury last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Luca should have a very good shot at MVP. I agree. I think he's he'll be one of the younger NBA players to win an MVP. I think Derrick Rose still has him beat uh, when he was 21. So I think this NBA season is going to be so much fun. Uh, there's going to be no all-star game, which is unfortunate. But I still think they're going to have the voting to see who's just going to get it. Uh, you know, onto that list, but, you know, a lot of young talent in the NBA right now, which is crucial. I think it's going to really help the, the NBA long-term with keeping, you know, it nationally televised and all this stuff and the monetary side of it all. But I think it's just still going to be so much fun to watch. Jason Tatum is one of the best young stars in the NBA. 
um, Zion Williamson right up there with him, I believe. So, you know, I think the NBA's future is so, so bright. Yeah, the thing is, is right now it's, you can look at every team and kind of make a case that they all have somebody young that could be mm-hmm. considered a star, which is different than, you know, even years back. I don't remember five, six years ago that every team had somebody. Even if you look at the Chicago Bulls, they have Laurie Marketing, Kobe White, two guys who can, you know, are on the verge of being a an all-star if, if they really make a good leap forward. Even the Orlando Magic with Vucevic, he had an incredible season. Jonathan Isaac made a big step last year. You can go through every team and make a case that these guys actually have a lot of solid players. Even the team who picked number one overall, the Minnesota Timberwolves, have Carl Anthony Towns, who has made an all-star team a few times in his career and a guy who is just averaging a double-double every season. So it's just such a talented league right now where it should be a fun year because, again, it's back to the point where anybody can really win. A lot of different teams can make a run for it. In the East, I think early on my favorites are the Heat again. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Heat are a team that's going to continue to get better. Um, as long as Dragic can stay healthy, as long as Adebayo stays healthy, they'll be really good. And the Celtics, too, should make a good run again because Tatum and Brown are going to continue to get better. Yeah, Tatum and Brown probably one of the best stars in the NBA. Best duo probably up there. I mean, along with you know LeBron and AD, of course, Kyrie, KD. So, I mean... I think putting them in that category is fair enough for them because they both played a high level. And I think Jalen Brown will, you know, be voted as an all-star this year. I think he deserves it along with Tatum. Of course, I think that goes without explaining, but both of them, this young team, the Celtics, I think they really do have a good shot of coming out of the East and into the NBA finals. And this year they're a better team than last year. I think they can probably beat the Heat, if anything, if they meet up in the playoffs. You said the 76ers? Or the Nets? Uh, the Heat. The Heat. heat. Yeah, the Heat. The Heat are a team that really continues to – like, Hero's going to get better with age again, obviously. They mm-hmm. did lose Jay Crowder, which is going to be big for that team if they can kind of fill in for him. But I think they could if guys step up. Duncan Robinson's one of the best three-point shooters in the NBA as well. And as we talked about Bam Adebayo and um, Jimmy Butler leading that team, uh, Jimmy's a perfect guy to lead that team, really. He is such a, ter- a tremendous player, great leader, and a guy who just helps translate um, each game into a win, even if he only scores 12 points. You know the Heat are going to have a shot to win the game. And the, the Miami Heat, I think a lot of people are also throwing them under the radar still this year, even with the finals performance like they had um, back in you know, October. So I think that, that that's just going to only – that's fuel to the fire for them. And the Miami Heat should not be counted out because look what they did last year when they were. And they're, they're, they've added better additions. Yes, they might have lost a few, but they signed Bam long-term, Avery Bradley, and they're still going to have that same team that they had last year, which is only getting better, I believe. Right. Yeah, it'll be definitely an interesting year, especially in the Eastern Conference. I mean, Western Conference-wise, there's – Still, I think those same same teams really that are going to be you know, uh, going into the playoffs in the West um, probably add the Warriors in there, but that you know that's of course a given with a healthy team uh, with Curry out there. I do think the Warriors would be in the playoffs again, but I don't think there's really like any surprise team in the West for me right now that I think will have a a good year that they didn't have last year. 
um, maybe the Pelicans, but they were also, you know, on the bridge last year. Grizzlies, Suns, I believe, are a good team as well. So I think, you know, other than that, in the West, there might not be too many, you know, teams that didn't make the playoffs last year that will this year. Yeah, you covered it. The teams like the Pelicans, who I think with Zion, if he stays healthy, they'll they'll have a good shot at it. Um, obviously, the Suns adding Chris Paul, getting better there. Uh, and then the Rockets should have another shot at it, like we said, if they stay healthy. And the Warriors, though, the big thing with them, too, is if, you know, it plays out, but you add a full year of Curry and Wiggins together um, with Oubre and now Wiseman at center. Will they have enough to make the playoffs? I don't know. We'll have to see how that develops as well. It's another surprise team. There could be a bunch of teams that are, like, fighting for that 6, 7, and 8 mm-hmm. spot. And it's going to come down to the end of the season again like it usually does in the West. And that's what's going to be so much fun this year about the, with the basketball is a play-in for the final seed in the playoffs if it's that close. So I think you know keeping that is going to make the NBA playoffs just that more interesting once again like it was last season. And I think those teams that are going to be you know fighting for that playoff spot uh, in the eighth seed, the West is probably going to be the similar teams we saw last year, Grizzlies, Suns, um, Pelicans and even in the East, uh, I'm gonna throw it this out here. Maybe the Knicks. No, I don't think the Knicks for that. You don't think so? This year. I think they'll be better than last year, but I think they're still one or two years away from the playoffs. Like they're not gonna be the bottom of the conference yet, but they'll they'll uh, they're a little bit away from like the playoffs. But it is a good bold take, kind of. I mean, you could be right on that one if you want to throw that one out there at some point. Yeah, when it's closer to the NBA season I think I'll probably throw that one out there but I mean even the Atlanta Hawks are going to be one of those teams that are going to be fighting for a playoff spot as well so both both conferences are going to be enjoyable to watch when it comes down to this like the final part of the season and down the stretch yeah and Austin I don't know if you have anything else to say if we missed anything today I don't think so I don't think there's any anything we missed really I think you covered most of it um this weekend should be fun. We got football on Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. Uh, so that'll be exciting. Uh, hopefully, can uh, I'm going to climb in the fantasy playoffs in both my leagues. So uh, just got to hope Zeke doesn't, you know, put up three points again. But we'll see what happens. I don't think he will because the Cowboys and them boys are going to get the win. Ugh. I better hope so. I really hope. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, other than that, there's not much going to be a fun, interesting week in the sports world. And we'll have to you know, keep you updated next week when more news is coming out. But other than that, make sure to follow us on social media at Midmania Sports, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And then even check us out on spotify and apple podcast as well and make sure to subscribe and follow us there and on youtube as well midnight mania sports on behalf of austin nakuda i'm george hathaway thank you for listening and have a good night